Hello, everyone. My name is Andrew, and I'm Cassie, and this is the Culips English Podcast. You're listening to Simplified Speech, the Culips series, which features clear, natural, and easy to understand and listen to English conversations about interesting topics. And today, I am joined by my trusty sidekick, Cassie. Hello, Cassie. Hey, Andrew, and hey, listeners. Hope you're all doing well. Excited to be here today. So, Cassie, when we were talking back and forth a little earlier this week, you know, just to set up a time to record, I asked you if you had any ideas about what we could talk about, and you suggested a really cool idea for an episode. I loved it. I thought it's so surprising that we haven't covered this on Culips before. But yeah, sometimes those good ideas just slip through the cracks, I guess. But you came up with an awesome idea, and that's what we're going to talk about. Since it's your idea, I should let you introduce it. So could you tell our listeners what we'll be talking about today? Sure. So the topic today is quality versus quantity, and I thought we could talk about our preferences about when we prefer quality over quantity, or vice versa, quantity over quality. Yeah, this is such a fun topic, and I can't wait to get into it here in just a moment. But before we get started, I want to remind all of our listeners about the study guide and interactive transcript for this episode. So, listeners, in fact, we make study guides and transcripts not just for this episode, but for all of our episodes. They are designed and written by our team of expert English teachers to help you build your English skills and reach your learning goals faster. And as a Culips member, you'll also get some great bonuses, such as invitations to our monthly live streams. You will get access to our members-only series, which is called the Fluency Files, and there's much, much more as well. So to become a Culips member and sign up, just visit culips.com. We'd also like to give a shout out to one of our listeners named Sirar from Turkey, and I really apologize if I'm pronouncing that name incorrectly. I'm trying my best, but anyways. Sirar left us a great review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. And Cassie, could you read the review for us? Sure. Sirar wrote, "When I hear the 'Hello, everyone. My name is Andrew, and I'm Cassie.' Part of the Culips intro. I know that it will make my day. I'm lucky to have you. Go Culips." Cassie, I think on the cuteness scale from one to ten, this review is a ten out of ten. Would would you agree? Very cute review, right? Yeah, super cute. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I love that. That actually made my day to read that review. So, Sirar, thank you so much for that, and we appreciate everyone who has been sending in reviews and five star ratings on their favorite podcast apps. And if you'd like to get a shout out at the start of an upcoming Culips episode, then make sure to get your review in. And hopefully, it will be chosen for a future episode. And Cassie, with that being said, let's get started with our main topic for today, which is a conversation about quality and quantity. Quality versus quantity. And maybe we should break this down and talk about exactly what quality and quantity means. So quality talks about how good something is, right? A product or an experience could be very low quality, not so good, or very high quality. And especially when I think of objects 
that are high quality. I think of like the material that it's built with is really, really good. Or maybe a lot of time and effort went into making it. For example, maybe a table that is very high quality would be handmade by a carpenter. Yeah. And this doesn't necessarily have to be cheap versus expensive because expensive things could be kind of low quality. It really depends on, as Andrew said, materials, how it was made, the love that went into making it. Exactly. The design behind it as well. There are many things that can go into making a high quality product. And what do we mean by quantity, Cassie? That's kind of a mathy word and you're kind of a mathy person. So I'll let you break that one down. Quantity is how much of something there is. So if you have a small quantity, it means you don't have very much of something. But if you have a large quantity, you'd have a lot of something. Exactly. And so when we are talking about quality versus quantity, I guess we're asking, would you rather have many things or would you rather have just like one thing or two things that are really good quality? And although you said, Cassie, that high quality items don't need to be expensive, and I agree with that, really, price doesn't factor into it exactly. At the same time, usually something that is higher quality is more expensive, right? And so when we're debating this, I think at least in my mind, I'm always thinking about something expensive. Would I rather have one really high quality expensive item or would I rather have many, many, many lower quality, cheaper items instead? And maybe the easiest way to segue into this topic would be to talk about clothes because that's what pops into my head first is like thinking about shoes. Actually, this is kind of an example that I've read about online often on this really geeky website that I read about personal finance. <laughs> Go on, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, what I've read on this website before is that often it is more expensive to be poor. This is one of the things that I've read on this website is because if you are a rich person, for example, and you need to buy a pair of boots, you could buy a really high quality pair of boots that lasts for, I don't know, 10 years or 15 years if you take care of them correctly. And I don't know if you would want to wear the same pair of boots for 15 years, but let's just take this as an example. Okay. You buy a pair of boots, super high quality. They're amazing. And you take care of them and they last that long. Well, on the other hand, if you don't have the money to buy that very expensive, high quality pair of boots, then maybe you have to buy a cheaper pair of boots. And the cheaper pair of boots maybe only last for one winter season. And then the next winter, you have to buy another pair and then another pair and then another pair. And then after 15 years, you've actually paid more money for those 15 pairs of poorer quality boots than it would have cost you just to buy one high quality pair of boots in the first place. But because you don't have the money up front to pay for that high quality pair of boots, you can't do that. And so, yeah, in the end, it's more expensive to be poor. And this is one of the things that I read about on that personal finance website. I've heard of that concept before, too. I think choosing between quality versus quantity in terms of clothes, at least, also comes down to personal preference and style as well. For example, 
I have a friend who is a bit of a fashionista and she would be so sad if she had to have a minimalist closet. Like if she had to have only a few quality pairs of clothes, it wouldn't make her as happy as if she could buy, you know, fast fashion type of clothes, $5, $10 pieces in a variety of colors and styles and patterns. That's something that brings her so much joy. Hmm. And that's really interesting because I'm totally the opposite. I think I would rather have just a few high quality pieces of clothing rather than to have a lot of different pieces of clothing that are lower quality. But that's what makes the world interesting, right? Is that there are different shapes and sizes and characteristics of people and it makes things interesting. Cassie, are there any other examples where we could talk about quality versus quantity that pop into your head? Food is a big one, restaurants for sure, but also ingredients. Like, do you want to get quality ingredients or do you want to get the most amount of groceries for your buck that you can? Or when you go to a restaurant, would you rather go to a buffet where you can buy a lot of low quality food for one price? Or would you rather go to more of a fancier upscale restaurant where you can get a small serving that is out of this world amazing tastes? Actually, hearing you talk about that jogged a memory from last night. I had a situation where I was at the grocery store with my wife and we were debating whether we should buy some tortilla chips to make nachos at home. And we decided, yeah, let's do it. And then we had to pick the brand of tortilla chip. And there was a higher quality brand that had actually, yeah, it was a higher quality brand. It was more expensive and the quantity was smaller as well. So it was higher quality and smaller quantity versus the cheaper, more generic brand that came in a bigger bag, had a lower price and had more grams in the bag, you know? And so we debated back and forth. And at the end of the day, we selected the higher quality chip, even though it was more expensive. And I think that was due to the sodium content <laughs> in the cheaper one. We opted for the less salty version but yeah, it just goes to show that it's not always money that's involved. Of course, like a bag of chips, there wasn't a very huge cost difference between the two, but sometimes there are other factors that go into play as well. Yeah, I had a similar experience. I love cereal, Andrew. It is one of my favorite foods just for snacking on. I don't usually eat it for breakfast, which is hilarious. Okay. Do you have a favorite kind of cereal? I have many favorites, but... I feel, don't judge me for this, but every once in a while, I just want a really sugary, crazy cereal. And my favorite go-to is Lucky Charms. Whoa, Lucky Charms. Nice. Yeah. For listeners who don't know, there's a little leprechaun in the front and there's these cute little marshmallows shaped in various, yeah, leprechaun themes. So a shamrock hat and a rainbow and a shooting star. They're the best. Kind of an Irish-themed cereal. Yes, but as you know, I live in Bangkok now, and it is very expensive to buy this cereal compared to back in the States, like two or three times more. But I went to the store, just like you and your wife, and I debated between that cereal and this other one, that same story. It was higher quantity of cereal in the box and a lower price. And unlike you and your wife, I decided to forego the Lucky Charms 
and I got the other cereal. And I can tell you, it was so disappointing in that case. <laughs> Quality over quantity was definitely the winner. Ah, <laughs> oh, too bad. Well, lesson learned, right? Next time you have to go for the real deal. Exactly. Okay, so Cassie, we've been talking about some kind of easy life decisions, right? About buying higher quality clothing or higher quality food or more pieces of clothing or bigger bags of cereal or chips, something like that. But let's get into some more difficult choices. I wonder about friends, friends in life, quantity versus quality. If you had to choose between having like just one or two really close friends and having a super small but tight and supportive social circle, would you rather have that or would you rather have a big network of friends and an active social life, but nobody who you really felt extremely close to? That's such a good question. As I get older, this is weird, but I think I'm going to go for the second one, which is not what I would usually say. The second one being more not as close friends, so a larger quantity the reason why I say that is, is because I think the older you get, the harder it is to get closer friends and also the busier you are. So it's harder to meet them. So if you have more friends who are not necessarily your BFFs, but they're people you enjoy hanging out with, you have more opportunities to meet those friends than with you know, that one or two close friends that the schedule never works out. Oh, sorry, I'm busy this weekend. I'm busy this weekend. And, you know, so yeah, I think more friends at this point in my life. More friends. Okay, interesting. I think in my life, what would I do? Well, I'm going to choose the same as you, but for a different reason. And that is because right now I feel like I am option one. Like I have a few really close friends. And I don't have a super huge wide social circle, which is fine because I feel like I am kind of like the person that you mentioned, Cassie, where I don't have a ton of time to be social anyways. So this kind of fits my lifestyle, but the grass is always greener, right? So because I have option one right now already, I have really good friends and I have a close group of people who are important to me. And I'm kind of wondering, like, what would it be like to have a ton of acquaintances and maybe not really close friends, but just lots of people I know. And maybe that would mean I'd have a busier social life. I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but yeah, the grass is always greener. So I'll select that one. It's interesting. Yeah, I wouldn't imagine either of us selecting that one. But when push comes to shove, that's the one we pick. Yeah. And, you know, if I were in that situation where I didn't have any close friends, then probably I'd choose the other answer, right? But it's it's hard to like put yourself into the situation where you don't have that person you can confide in or something. And yeah, so I think probably your current situation causes you to want the opposite situation. Yeah, I would say I would totally pick the one or two close friends if I was not married. Now that I have my best friend, I, I'm set for life. So <laughs> I totally agree. I think maybe that has a lot to play into it. You have that emotional support already. So having a wider social group seems better. Cassie, I wanted to talk to you about music for a second. And there's a really popular Canadian singer songwriter. He's kind of in the indie music world. His name is Mac DeMarco. 
And Mac DeMarco released an album probably a month or two ago. I'm not exactly sure when it came out, but it's recent. And the name of the album is One Wayne G. One Wayne G. And that album has 199 songs on it. Yes, listeners, you heard that right. 199 songs. And it's not necessarily an album where he wrote and polished 199 perfect songs and released it, but it's more like snippets and ideas and demos that he's worked on over the years. And he just kind of released this behind the scenes album, I guess, where you can look into his creative process and see how he makes his music. And I think that's a kind of cool idea, but the album has been getting really bad reviews generally because there are too many songs. People are just saying, wow, this is just like overwhelming. I guess you could put it on in the background, but it's hard to pay attention to almost 200 songs, right? And many of the songs are just named the date of when he was working on that idea in his studio. So it made me think that maybe there's too much of a good thing, right? Even though Mac DeMarco is really popular, he's got a lot of fans, many people love his music, still at the same time, you know, the people who listen to his music and are fans are criticizing him for saying, "Ah, it's too much, I can't really get into this album. I don't know, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think it would be overwhelming to open an album and see 199 songs in it. I wouldn't know where to start or... I'd be like, how long will this take me to finish? A week? Two weeks? A month? (laughs) I think it's over nine hours total. You know how like when you listen to one song on repeat, you start to hate it after a while? I wonder if I listen to the same singer on repeat for 199 songs, even though I might love him or her at first, I'd start to resent them hearing their voice for nine hours straight. Or I'd be worried that most of the songs are just so-so and you kind of have it on in the background while you're working, but then one of the songs is amazing. And then later you're like, maybe you have that song in your head and you're like, oh, I want to listen to that song again. And then you're like, oh, which one was it? On a regular album, you could just go through all of the 10 or 12 tracks, but on an album of 199 songs, probably you couldn't do that, right? Exactly. This is happening a lot these days in the entertainment industry, music and movies in particular. I feel like certain genres, there's an influx of superhero movies, for example, and they're not quality anymore. It's just quantity, the same exact storyline over and over and over, but you change the character's name and face. Right. Movies like Fast and the Furious come to mind as well. How many? There's like over 10 of them probably now. I don't know. I've kind of lost track with that series ever since I saw the first one and then never saw any of the others. It dissuades you from watching them because you're like, oh, there's 10 of them. They can't be that special. While if there's just one or two of a series, you're like, wow, the whole story is in just that one thing. I have to watch it. I got to see what it's like. Cassie, I know you're a bookworm. If you were to get a recommendation from one of your friends and your friend said like, oh, this book is so amazing. It's only 200 pages long. You're going to love it. You have to read it versus a recommendation that was like, oh, my God, Cassie, you have to read this series. It's only 14 books long. It's so amazing. 
you're gonna love it. Which recommendation would you be more likely to follow? Like, would you rather just have a short, quick read, maybe a book that you can get through in a week? Or would you rather like dive into this fantasy world of this like huge story arc that takes place over 10 or 15 books? That's also a good question. I think it would depend on the uh, uh, genre. Like, if you tried to recommend me a really amazing book on a character that has a disease, I'm sorry, I probably wouldn't read it. I just hate sad books. And so this might be an award-winning novel, but if the character dies at the end, I refuse to read it. So yeah, again, I think it comes to, even if the writing is quality, I might take quantity if my preferences go towards like a 15-volume fantasy series. 15-volume fantasy series. Okay, so it really is case by case and depends on the genre and the story. Okay, that makes sense. So I've got one final question here for you before we wrap up this episode. And it is about learning and education, which is fitting for us since we are both educators and in this field. So I guess it's not necessarily about teaching as much as it is about learning, however. And I'm wondering if you were a student, would you rather learn many things at school, like learn a little bit about many, many different fields and topics and be exposed to many different kinds of ideas? Or would you rather focus and specialize on just one or two or three things and get to know them very, very deeply? It's also a really good question. You're full of them today. Yeah, for my personality, I would pick the general knowledge of many things. I just have a lot of interests and I don't have any interest in being a master at anything. I think it's so cool for people who do want to be kind of niche in their studies because they can delve so much deeper than I would ever get. But yeah, for me, quantity versus, I guess it's not really quantity versus quality, quantity versus specialized niche. How about you? Mm. I think I'm the opposite of you on this one because I feel like I'm going to repeat my answer here again, but I feel like I'm already kind of a generalist. Like I know how to do a lot of things okay, but I don't know how to do anything really, really well. And I'm always very, very jealous of specialists. I have so much respect for people who are extremely niche in their knowledge and their skills. I think that's so awesome how somebody can dedicate their whole life to like one little thing and become an expert in it. So because I'm not that kind of person, the grass is always greener. I'm going to repeat it again. I'm like, oh, it'd be cool to be an expert or like a master at your trade. You know, that would be really awesome. So yeah, I would say if I could go back in time and repeat my education again, I would probably try to just focus on one thing. Although, you know, there is some basic knowledge you need to get maybe from like kindergarten to high school, you should be generalist. And then once you get to university, become as specialized as possible. But I didn't do that. I just was a generalist almost my whole way through from, you know, elementary school on through university as well. Me too, but I don't regret it. I would do it all over again. I'd probably go even broader. <laughs> even more quantity. Okay, good.
Well, everybody, that will bring us to the end of this episode. So I want to say thank you for tuning in and studying with us. We hope that you found this one useful for improving your English skills. This episode was made possible due to the fact that we have an awesome QLoops member community, and without our members, QLoops wouldn't exist. So, as a thank you to our members for their support, Cassie and I are going to keep our conversation going for a little while longer in the ad-free version of this episode. And if you're a QLoops member listening to this feed in your podcast app right now, guys, just log in to your QLoops account on our website, and you can access the ad-free version from the dashboard and check out that bonus content. And if you're not already a member, consider joining to gain access to our helpful study guides and transcripts, fun bonuses, and to support the work we do at Qlips. You can also support us by following us on Instagram or YouTube, telling your friends who are learning English to check Qlips out, or by leaving us a five-star rating and a positive review on your favorite podcast app. We'll be back soon with another new episode, and we'll talk to you all then. Bye. See ya.